just jumping in really quickly at the start of today's episode to tell you about some upcoming opportunities to see us live in the flesh. And you can see us live at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival 2024. We are doing three live podcasts on Sundays at 3.30 at Basement Comedy Club, April 7, 14 and 21. You can get tickets at dogoonpod.com. Matt, you're also doing some shows around the country. That's right. I'm doing shows with Saren Jaimana, who's been on the show before. We're going to be in Perth in January, Adelaide in February, Melbourne through the festival in April and then Brisbane after that. I'm also doing Who Knew It's in Perth and Adelaide. Uh, details for all that stuff at mattstewartcomedy.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Do Go On, a, another episode of our little podcast show. And that show is with me, Dave Warnicky. I'm here with Matt Stewart. Hi Dave, how do you do? I do well. That's, that's quite quite formal of you. Thank you, Matthew. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Hey, Dave, I'd love to uh, introduce you to my co-host. Oh, is it not me? Uh, look, I'm confused by this. It's Jess Perkins. I almost put a soft J there. Yes, Perkins. Yes, Perkins. Yes, Perkins. Hello, Hess. How Hello, are you? lads. How are we? We are bloody well. Great to see you here. Hess Perkins. I don't think I'm Matt's co-host. I think we're all each other's co-hosts. Each other. We're well, then hosts. you are my co-host then, aren't you? Good point. Yeah. Good point. All right. All right well played. Many Thank good you. points shall be made on this show where we uh, pick a topic, one of the three of us. Uh, we write a report about it and then report back to the other two, try and teach them some interesting things. Uh, this week, it is my turn to talk the talk. Ooh. And Dave, you are a little bit anxious, would you say, about Well, there's this a, f- one? a few reasons uh, for that. Firstly, I've got I to gotta mention the elephant in the room. Uh-huh. Is it uh, Hesburgh? Yeah, Hesburgh. Hess. Oh, you call him Hess an elephant? That's weird. I was actually <laughs> Sorry, talking Hess. about, um, <laughs> we've got, in this space, uh, it's a rehearsal space as well, and Auntie Donna, a sketch comedy troupe. 
Troop. Troop, yeah. Are yeah, troop. Uh, rehearsing out the back, and they have a pretty loud brand of comedy. Dave put his foot down. He went out there and he <laughs> said, oh, Rolled up the sleeves, pulled out the shotgun, said, Look here, Zach. I blame you for the noise, which is one of the three guys there. And um, they were bloody lovely about it, so hopefully they're not going to be too loud in the background. But at the same time, you know, we're fans and supporters of their art. Big fans. So, you know, we want to support them in any way we can. And if one of those ways is asking them to be quiet for a bit, That's then, fair. you know, we're willing to do that. But if yeah. our listeners can hear them a little bit in the background, well, you're welcome because you're getting yeah, an right. insight into genius. Yeah. That's right. And if you are thinking them in the background is funnier than what you're hearing on the show, which it undoubtedly is, uh, head over to YouTube and look <laughs> yeah. up Auntie Tonda for some real comedy stuff. They're amazing. Um, but, they, you know, it's our time to shine. It is our time to shine. The other thing uh, I think Dave is anxious about is that he's written a super long report oh. and he's confident that it, there is no humour in it at all. And Matt has Just, somewhere to be, so we, <laughs> we need to power through as well. I've written too long. I've watched two documentaries. I've spent about 10 hours online looking at this thing. It better be good is what I'm saying. I know, you know what? I'm sure it will be. I've, I have a lot of faith in you. And if you put in that much effort, then it's going to really show in your report. Yeah. Okay, and, Thanks, and Matt and I are here for you, and and you say you want us to be the comedic relief. Well, sure, just you wait and see. <laughs> just you wait and see. And if not, there's always Auntie Donna in the background. Exactly. Hopefully if somebody pops there in. Is. So hopefully I'll get an A-plus on the factual part of the research, and you guys can get an A for some comedy style. All right. Now, Dave, we normally kick off the show with, uh, with a question to, to link us into the topic. What What's the question this week? That's right, because we're all big... Trivia lovers, we start with a question. My question is, what do you guys think was the first television broadcast to be viewed by more than 500 million people? Half a billion. Um, okay. Was uh, it the Beatles when they're on that Around the World thing? They played... Uh, no, I like the... They th- debuted their song about love. Which one? All There's you many. need is love. All you need is love, okay. that's the one. No, a great guess and a good tie-in to an early episode of the show about the Beatles. Yeah, I was going to say like the Olympics. The Olympics. What well, since, about... since is it the Olympics? No, it is not the Olympics. Since then, it has been beaten by a few things. But this oh, okay, is the, the first... first one that was viewed by a lot of people. How many again? It was five hundred over five hundred. What so have been televised? Was it a live it was like telecast? Everyone. Live telecast. So what's was it that... sport? No, 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 so no. what's it something is, that everybody's interested in? It's probably... Coronation? The most... <laughs> You're doing another episode about Academy Awards. <laughs> it is probably, the, arguably, the most famous, actually... Oh, a wedding? Event. Is it a wedding? Well, it has since been beaten by Princess Charles and Diana's wedding. Okay. 750 million hmm. views. One of the most significant and hyped-up events of the 20th century... Moon landing! It's the moon oh. landing! Yes! yes it oh my is. god! Oh, this is so good! I love this! Do you love the moon? Because we are talking for the next 45, 50 minutes about the moon. And one of the, the documentaries that you watched, was it The Dish? <laughs> <laughs> no. Because I went through a dish. big phase of that movie. We, we studied space in grade four, and it was when that movie had come out, and uh, we had to make diagrams, and I just made the, the satellite dish in parks. I made it. <laughs> A model of that, you and I put sheep in it because there's like a joke that it's in the middle of a sheep paddock, and I put sheep in my diagram. Very good. And what mark did you get for this? Uh, like A plus, easily. A. Which is what's coming for you, buddy. We're talking the moon. We are talking the moon landing. Matthew. I was I was at the dish a couple of months ago. You were. Yeah. 
Any, I, any sheep inside the dish? No sheep inside the dish. Disappointing. And you you made a diagram? Not for, a diagram. Like, like what's uh, the word? Like, I made a model of it. Oh, a diorama. Diorama, thank you. I was going to, I'm like, diagram. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I made a diorama. It was huge. It was like a big satellite dish. And the I think my mum really enjoyed dioramas. it. All we did when I was in grade four, our big project, because you would have been the same year, Jess, that was the year of the Sydney 2000 ah, Olympics. Yes. And we all got to make a project on one sport, and you got... No mark, but you got a gold, silver, or bronze medal. Oh, I like that. I did mine on weightlifting, which is quite original. No one else did that. My dad did all of the project, uh-huh. and we still only got a silver medal. Oh, oh well. Thanks, yeah, I like when dad. your My mum made the the model of the dish, and she, and I was like, "Can I help?" No, no, <laughs> she thought no, it was a great time. You'll ruin it. <laughs> we'll put sheep in it. That'll be funny. <laughs> Comedy. Great, great stuff. Ann Perkins. Ann Perkins. She's a great lady. Okay, so, and this is my final in a trilogy of very famous things that you think you know a lot about, but when you actually think about it, you don't actually know anything about it cool. at all. So we started with well, the Mona Lisa, we had the Academy Awards, and now we have uh, the moon landing, a triptych. Ah, triptych. If you will. Just like my man. Frederick McCubbin. Frederick McCubbin and his... Disgust. Uh, Pioneer f- triptych. As discussed in the oh, first yes, of episode. So, because when I thought about it, I was like, the moon landing, like I say, one of the most famous events of the last century. Then I thought about it. I don't know how long it took them to get there. I don't know how long they were Three there weeks. for. Three weeks. What they were yeah, they doing were there up for there. for a day and a half. I've got no idea. That is incorrect. And we're going to keep them. <laughs> but he tried. But is what, do, do you guys feel... I don't know, Jess, maybe you said you're obsessed with it, but I had mm. no real... No- because, you know, when something becomes so famous, you just accept it. There's no point in researching it. You don't know the details. I already know the moon landing happened. Yeah. But then, because I wasn't alive in 1969 when it was on television, I have no idea about it. Yeah, cool. I think I'll know, like, little facts, but I'm sure you're going to surprise me. Matt, how are you feeling? Yeah, look, I don't know, I don't know much. Cool. But well, I know I love you. But I, but I, I know... <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I saw. I, mean, I, say, I, I don't, know, don't know what. Don't know much, but I know what I like. I've seen <laughs> Apollo like thirteen, moment. and that's the failed one. I think. It, what was the successful one? Apollo eleven. 11. Oh, I know yes. that. I know Neil Armstrong was involved. Yeah, who Buzz, was? Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin. I don't know the third guy's name. Oh, I do. We'll get there. Don't we'll you get worry. there. Oh God, there's so much there. to learn. And I think that's about all I know. So little time. Oh, and also that it's a hoax. Oh, oh yeah, the only yeah, things yeah. I Also, I'm going to preface this by saying I wanted to do a bit about. It being a hoax, but the actual report went so long that if you think, if you are interested in hoax, there's, and I looked it up, there's heaps of conspiracy theory podcasts. So if you're into that, okay. but we're just going to take it on face value yeah. that it actually happened because it was just too much. It was like another separate report. It was not in a recording studio somewhere. <laughs> no, it was on the moon, if you've ever heard of that. The moon. The moon. Okay, so. Which moon? The moon. The moon. <laughs> Background. Yeah, that's weird. There's a lot of moons. Yeah, but ours is just moon. It's the moon. <laughs> I think it's uh, Neptune. All the moons of Neptune are named after Shakespeare characters. Huh. There's like 30 or 40 of them. That's kind of nice. There you go. Okay, background. Background. Moon time. In November 1960, John F. Kennedy was elected as the 35th president of the United States. Rings a bell. Of course, you may have heard of this man. It was an uncertain time, the 60s, in American history, with it being the height of the Cold War. People were pretty unsure as to what was going to happen with tension growing between the United States and the USSR, those Soviet guys. Back in the USSR. Another callback to the Another Beatles. Another callback. Beatles loved it. So Kennedy had been elected on a campaign that promised American superior of, superior, 
Superiority. <laughs> he practiced his speech. <laughs> Superiority over the Soviet Union, particularly in fields of space exploration and missile defense. So that was his big, big selling point. Now, the Apollo program that we've already talked slightly about had been initially conceived during the previous president, Dwight D. Eisenhower's time at the top. You know that guy, Dwight Eisenhower? Uh, the program was named Apollo after the Greek god of light, music, and the sun, and it was named by NASA manager Abe Silverstein, who later said, I was naming the spacecraft like I'd name my baby. <laughs> and Apollo is a terrible name for a child. <laughs> I looked up Abe in real life, and his children are actually called Joe and David, which are much more boring. Maybe what David is yeah. a shit name. David's a terrible name. I think name. Apollo's all right. Apollo's Apollo Creed. Kid. Remember him? Is that from How would Rocky? You shorten That's from Rocky, yeah. How would you shorten Apollo? Pole. Polsky. Pol Pot. Was he an Apollo? Yo, Pole. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No? No, probably not. You said to bring the humour. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> let's, uh, let's liken it to a, uh, a Cambodian leader. Despite being elected on the promise of space exploration over the Soviets, JFK... I'm on first name terms with him. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm on initialism terms. <laughs> Thank you. I okay, can't remember the word. Yeah. JFK did not come to an immediate decision on the Apollo missions and whether they should go ahead. So he was arming and ahhing because it was going to cost a lot of money, and he knew that. Huh, wonder why. But a bit of background here. The Americans were claiming that they were going to be superior in space exploration, but at this time, the US were definitely running second to the Soviets. Wow. So the space race began in 1957 when the Soviets launched the first satellite into space. Any ideas what that's called? Uh, Probably heard of it. Sputnik. Sputnik. Sputnik one. Yeah. I did know it. It was there. And the, the American time. public was super shocked that the Soviets had beaten them. Then the US launched their own satellite the next year, so they're a bit behind. Someone was called Patriotic Love Missile. Oh my goodness! Like so many of the things are actually called stuff like that. It's yeah. great. So they put their thing out the next year, and then they decided they were going to one-up them, and they were like, getting a person into space is our next goal. But the Soviets beat them yet again when cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin became the Yuri? first... Pardon? I just said his name. Yuri, that's right. Yuri. Became... Yuri, what are you on first name basis? Yeah. <laughs> I'm on initialism basis with yeah, YG. That's, that's YG. So <laughs> he became the first person into outer space, and he went into orbits of the Earth in 1961. So that was April. The next month, the US launched its first astronaut, Alan Shepard, into suborbital space as part of Project Mercury. He's, he was aboard the, the craft, the Freedom 7, yeah, which is a very stuff. American name. <laughs> uh, but he only went suborbital, which means he got into space but didn't complete like a full orbit, like YG from, sure. from Russia. <laughs> so it's kind of like having a number two hit. It's yeah. pretty impressive. But number one is so much better. Yeah, yeah. So and then, I love, America is such a great country, 20 days after Alan Shepard became the first US person into space, but still didn't do proper orbital, JFK gets up there and says to Congress, hey guys, I believe that this nation should commit ourselves to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to Earth. Mm-hmm. So they have Famous any, speech. They have, it's, it is a famous speech. I think it was more compelling when he said it, but you did a good job. <laughs> and uh, uh, I believe that uh, our nation there... Uh, <laughs> Before this decade is out. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty good impression of JFK. It's not bad. Yours, it 
like I don't I can't quite put my finger on the accent that was sneaking into it. It was a little bit Irish, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like a leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> leprechaun. Yeah, right. Okay. Oh, I've got to put him out on the moon. I hear a belief. I hear a fuck. Now I'm thinking about Irish. Anyway, so he's gone. Hey guys, we can't do the satellite. Hey guys, we can't get an astronaut into space first. Hey guys, we're going to put a man on the moon. But don't you think like. Because the um, the Soviets keep beating them, so don't tell them what you're going to do. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> right. Like, They've got better technology, clearly. Yeah, at and you're sort of saying, oh, before the decades out, this is the early '60s, so you're like, well, I'm giving us plenty of time. To yeah, do this. exactly. He thinks he's got a long time. They're just going to beat you. Work quick, dudes. So the cards are on the table, Americans. They've gone all in, despite the fact they are behind. And this is uh, so 19, uh, 1962. This is, and then John F. Kennedy was assassinated on November twenty second, nineteen sixty three. So he never saw people get to the moon. Sad. So just keep that in the back of your mind. So landing the men on the moon is pretty ambitious and required a huge, sudden burst of technological creativity, and it was the largest commitment of resources ever made by any nation during peacetime. So the U.S. invested a whopping. $24 billion, that's Whoa. with a B, in the 60s, which is equal in 2014 to $356 billion. That's a lot of cash. That's a lot of cash. A lot of money. At, at its peak, the Apollo program employed 400,000 people. What? Required the support of 20,000 industrial firms and universities. So it was a big spend, but it created a lot of jobs. Yeah, I was going to say, at least it is creating a lot of jobs, but at the end of the day, and w- and while I'm certainly not, you know, saying it's not an impressive feat, but at the end of the day, all you're doing is like, can we do this? Oh, yeah, there we go. We did it. No, I'm guessing they, like, anyway, keep going. <laughs> I'm sort of just shitting all over the moon landing. Like, what did you do? All you did is went to the moon, but it's a not lot that happened impressive. from that. It's not that I, I'm impressed, but mainly because because I watch these two documentaries and I'm kind of obsessed with them. Sure. Like it is a kind of cool thing, but yeah, what has it really done? Yeah, but then I'm thinking, uh, hey, well, it's like, all about beating the they Russians. They would have learned so a lot. Run upside down and stuff, right upside, right upside down. down. Good on yeah, you. and then the Soviets are just like use a pencil. Yeah, so hey, good. we beat those Soviets. Yeah, I we say we. I mean, what do you they. mean we? <laughs> Hey. You watch two documentaries and now you're an American. I am an American. Oh, my goodness. See, I also am happy that I'm doing this project because last night at my trivia night that I host, I heard a woman say, Neil Armstrong, he was British, right? Oh. No, probably the most American guy of all time. And then she goes, oh, no, sorry, I'm thinking of Lance Armstrong. Also American. Also American, so did not excuse them. Please do not go to trivia nights. Wait, no, I was thinking of Stretch Armstrong. Also oh, an no, American he's a, a toy. Ah. <laughs> an American toy. <laughs> he's a toy. Oh, I can never get that right. Oh, fuck, British, a toy. <laughs> oh, thinking of my husband. He's no Australian. Yeah. He's, he's Australian. So the US completed a number of unmanned missions over the next six years, five or six years. It wasn't until 1967 that they had their first manned mission. This has since been known to history as Apollo 1. And it can't be described as anything other than horrific disaster. Ooh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, man. That's death. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was supposed oh. to be the first manned test flight of the Apollo Command Service Module, which they call the CSM. That's the bit right at the front of the rocket where they sit. Oh, yeah. So right at the top. So the, it was, they didn't have fuel in the rocket. There was just a test. They were just going to sit there and uh, do a countdown. That's what they were going to do. So oh. the plan was for them, Apollo 1, eventually after this test, to be the first people to uh, orbit Earth in the thing and then come back, 
launched on a big rocket called the Saturn 1B. It's a massive rocket. So, on January 27th, 1967, whilst undergoing a procedural launch simulation after five and a half hours of delays, an electrical fire began in the cabin, Oh! spread ridiculously quickly in the high-pressure, 100% oxygen atmosphere that was around them. The three men in control lost radio contact with the NASA tower after just 17 seconds. So, went up in flames really quick. Pressure rose high enough from the fire that the cabin burst. And the fire erupted onto the pad area, which frustrated attempts to rescue them. The astronauts were asphyxiated and then burnt before the hatch could be opened. So really, the hatch actually opened inward and was very complicated to get open in a disaster. So the three astronauts, Gus Grissom, Edward White... Roger Chafee had no hope of survival. So it's oh. massive tragedy, big disaster. It rocked the NASA mission, the Apollo mission. But it was like a dress rehearsal, wasn't it? Like so th- They yeah. weren't even really taking off. They no, were no, just no. counting down. So they were just counting oh down. Oh, my God. <laughs> something went wrong. It's super bad. And, so oh. the, and luckily it was a dress rehearsal because there's no fuel. Otherwise, it could have exploded. It would have been much worse. It would have been terrifying. Still not great. Oh, terrible. <laughs> Awful. Uh, so the United States Congress were like, whoa, 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 this is not good. They launched... Uh, committee inquiry into the NASA who did their own investigation into Man, the incident. that would have been so embarrassing. Yeah, oh, right? Yeah. People were really... Check this out, USSR. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it too. And somebody do... just, oh, somebody oh, just like, didn't plug something in properly oh. or just sparked. And and they had a big investigation. They could not find the cause of the fire. So this day, they're... Oh, cigarette. Oh, yeah, it's always <laughs> so, a cigarette. So and the US public were like, hey, we don't know if you want to do this. This is not a cool thing because three American heroes, as they say, have just died for nothing. Yeah, literally how, nothing. How the hell are you going to get to the moon if you can't have them sit on the pad and oh. count from 10 to 0? Uh, so, but eventually, after a big investigation and halting the mission, they decided to go ahead with the moon mission, but they had a number of safety procedures that were amended. So they had new fireproof suits. Ah. It's a good invention. Good start. The removal of flammable material in the cabin. Excellent. Also clever. A hatch that could, could be quickly opened in an emergency. There we go. All things that, in retrospect, seem pretty common sense, you but would hope they so. did that. So, the deceased astronauts' widows asked NASA that they name Apollo 1, or their name Apollo 1, be reserved for their flight, the flight that they never made. So it was decided in retrospect that what they were originally called AS-204, that that would be recorded as Apollo 1, out of respect for those guys. So at the time, they went, hey, we're Apollo 1. They thought there was something else. Yeah, And since three oh. unmanned Apollo missions before them had already taken place, which is AS-201, 202, 203, it was decided that the next mission, the first unmanned uh, test of Saturn V, the big rocket, that would be called Apollo 4. Okay. So, and everything else from then on is 5, 6, 7. So, so there's no there such three thing. three prequels. Yes, yeah, so there's no yeah. such thing as Apollo 2 or Apollo 3. Yeah, hmm. cool. So there you go. It's they just, just skip straight to four. Out of respect for those guys. So the, nice. the missions continued on. Apollo 7 was the next manned flight. So they did four, five, and six. And Apollo 8 was the first f- manned flight to leave Earth's orbit. It reached the moon. It, uh, and it made the crew the first humans to ever see the far side of the moon and the Earth rise over the lunar horizon. Oh, that would have been so wow. sick. That would have been top-notch. Having no idea what it would have really looked like, I guess. Yes. Yeah, so or did they have satellite footage of that sort of stuff. Oh, probably there had been satellites that went to the moon, but yeah. So they just kind of, so that was a manned flight that went to the moon. Went to the moon, did it sort of, went around and then came back. But didn't land on it. So there was already satellite, so maybe it wouldn't have been that cool to see. 
Oh, with, like, your, with your own eyes, I reckon it would be pretty cool. So man. Neil Armstrong wasn't even the first person to go to the moon. No, well, because the next one was um, Apollo 10 in May 1969. That was a dress rehearsal for the moon landing. The crew did everything the Apollo one, pardon me, the Apollo 11 mission would do, except they stopped just short of landing on the moon. So they got there, did a lap, got the lunar module, lowered it down to within 15 kilometers of the moon, and then this went straight back oh, up and man. then went home. So. A really cool thing to do, but they are like 15k away from being the people we all know. That's so strange. It reminds me of Burke and Will's, yeah. like almost. How far were they? It was like, about 15k's, I think. No, I think it was even less. I thought they were like 5k's or oh, something. Maybe it was, yeah, because they could taste the salt water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was such a short. And they're like, so you know what? Close enough. And back they go. They're the Burke and Will's of the 20th, 20th century. Yeah. And I think that this podcast could be the Burke and Will's of the 21st century. <laughs> we could. We'll almost do well. <laughs> We'll almost be someone. <laughs> and we'll die of starvation before reaching the ultimate success. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. What, what, what's the, the ultimate success to you? Um, podcast glory. Podcast glory, yeah. <laughs> Top <laughs> of the charts. <laughs> if I could have one thing, it would be podcast glory, <laughs> please. One thing. One thing and one thing. Only. Yeah. Okay, so we've, the te- Apollo 10's made it to the moon. They've gotten real close, but they've come home. Then we finally get to the Apollo 11, the famous moon mission. So the three men chosen for the July 1969 moon landing were Commander Neil Armstrong, the one we all know. He was one month away from turning 40, so he's 39 at this time. He's old. He's a former... Hey, hey, he's decorated. No, but like, um, you know what I mean. Like, you'd think... It's fine. I guess you've also got to be... Like, they're all super smart. Guys, right? What do they need to know? There's some sort of science guys. They're pretty robot, sciencey. Robot-y guys. Well, he is... Engineer-type people. No, he's just a, a <laughs> he's just a crazy good pilot. So, oh. he's a former officer in the US Navy. He oh. was just a pilot. He had served in the Korean War. No. Oh. After the war, he served as a test pilot at the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics. I didn't know that. There you go. In a high... F- high-speed flight station where he'd logged 900 flights as, like, super quick pilot dude. Right. Super quick pilot dude is the technical term, obviously. Yes, thank you, Matthew. Look <laughs> 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 at you. <laughs> we both just turned on you. Oh, no, like, sorry, Matt. Because oh, you said the word engineer and we're like, uh, no, actually, he's a super high-tech pilot dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's done, like, heaps of flying. Uh, then he joined uh, NASA Astronaut Corps in 1962 and before Apollo 11, he'd flown into space once in 1966 and he was technically the first American civilian to go into space because he retired from the Navy. He was technically a civilian. Ah. So there you go. That's pretty cool. I actually I didn't know he was a pilot, so that's cool. There you go. Yeah, We're so learning. Decorated pilot, 900 flights. Uh, then we have Lunar Module Pilot, Edwin Buzz Aldrin mm-hmm. Jr. He was also 39 years old. He's a former U.S. Air Force officer and command pilot. And in 1966, he had been one of the first people to complete a space walk. Mm. Oh. He's actually walked outside space before. Neil has not. And sadly, the man that not many people remember is Command Module Wait, Pilot. Give me a cl- I reckon I'll know his name. Give me the first letter of his name. Is this guy an engineer? M. Michael? Michael. Surname? Starts with? C. Uh, Michael, no. Uh, no. Come on, Jess, you can do this. <laughs> Michael... Matt, do you want to have a guess? C. He starts with C. 
Cranberry. That's pretty good. Yeah, I reckon we'd all remember it. It's a really common name. That's the other thing that's against. Is that like you Chapman? Remember, no, it's Armstrong Chapman. is awesome. Yeah. Buzz, cool name. This guy is Michael Collins. Collins! Oh. He's yeah. also like an Irish. Was he Irish? He had a movie made out about him, I think. Just for doing nothing. Well, Good maybe on that was just a different Michael Collins. <laughs> probably, probably a different Michael Collins. For doing nothing. Well, he, at 38, was the youngest of the crew. Oh, the baby. He'd been... The fourth ever person to complete a spacewalk, even before Buzz. Oh, wow. Michael Collins. He had also been in the US Air Force and later went on to be director of the National Air and Space Museum. Okay. So multifaceted, Michael Collins. He's a, a pretty cool guy. They're all pretty qualified guys. But he was the one who stayed in the, in the ship. <laughs> That's right. a bit of word. So he stayed... In the module, module while they went down. I don't know if it's Somebody such a had bad to. result Somebody for him. Somebody had to. You know, he's still got to be there. He just wouldn't have had all the bullshit afterwards. Yeah, true. I reckon what, what kind of bullshit do you foresee them oh, going like through? Oh, like Buzz Aldrin. He can't go down the shops without yeah. the kids. Wanting oh, to... The kids, because he is like the number one most followed person on Twitter, yeah. Instagram. People are going crazy. I want to know that if time he, he would have been. Equivalent of Twitter in 1969, which was... Magazines. I'm gonna, I'm Playboy. Gonna look, I'm Playboy. gonna look up if Buzz Aldrin has Twitter. He does. I'm following him. They would have been all all over him. He would have he would have been so famous. Neil Armstrong even worse. Oh, he would have been the most famous person alive. He has yeah. nine hundred thousand followers. That doesn't feel like enough. Well, well nine hundred thousand and one now. He's got one, one now. After the show, I pledge allegiance to that Buzz I will follow Buzz Aldrin. Do you reckon I'll get a follow back? Probably. Probably. Yeah, Let's probably. tweet him when the show goes out. It's probably, yes! It's probably nice for Buzz to be followed now after following Neil that day. Oh. Like he's, famous, he's a famous oh. follower. He's a sheep. And now, yeah, really, that's Space all he was. sheep. Come on, mate. Let's, let's tread our own path. You know, we know what the saddest part here is, that if you look up Michael Collins on Twitter, there's probably like 8,000 people with that up. name. Oh, yeah, no good call. I'll never find him. Never. It's sad. It, it is, is sad. sad. Okay, so we've got the actual mission. The three dudes, they're ready to rock. They're really qualified. They've all been in space. Now, before, before this mission, the crew of Apollo 10 had named their spacecraft Charlie Brown and Snoopy. Adorable. So NASA was like, hey, this is actually going to the moon. We want you to name the craft after something a bit more mature this time. So the command module, <laughs> the bit that Michael Collins gets to hang out in, they called that Columbia after the Columbiad, which is the giant cannon shell spacecraft fired by a giant cannon in a Jules Verne novel, From the Earth to the Moon. Okay, too complicated. So oh. a bit of a reference there that no one was getting. I think a Peanuts reference, everybody got yeah. it at everyone least. Got, yeah. I thought it was just Christopher Columbus, like an yeah. explorer. Good grief, is all I can say to that. Good, <laughs> good grief. Uh, the lunar module, the bit that actually goes down the moon, you've mm. probably seen as a weird-looking sort of goldy, it looks like it's covered in tin foil. that was called Eagle. Probably heard the, the eagle is landed. landed. That's what they meant. That's right. Mm. Also, eagles, very American. Sure. There we go. So, the rocket that was to get them off the ground was called the Saturn V. The Saturn V. It's the tallest, the heaviest, and most powerful rocket ever brought to operational status. Yeah. It was 111 meters tall, and the three men sat at the top of it. meters. That's tall. That's quite tall. And they're at the top, three of them sitting, facing, strapped upwards. So they're looking towards the That sky. would be quite, that'd be quite a, a sweet feeling. 
right? If you like. Being launched in a space, that'd be pretty cool, right? <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. Have top you ever five, thought about that? Top How five cool feel- it would oh, feel? Do you reckon top five That's feels? what I think it would feel like. Just being shaken. Gar- I sound oh. like you're gargling. Yeah. And just to prove that uh, that every episode references Nazis in some ways, <laughs> the Saturn V was designed by Werner von Braun, who was a Nazi poached by the USA after World War II during Operation Paperclip. That sounds like something out of the Avengers. What? Like Operation Paperclip. Or just that they, yeah, and that they like snatched a Nazi. Yeah, they snatched thousands of them after, maybe we could do an episode about this, they gave like diplomatic immunity to really clever diplomatic people immunity. that were working on German rockets. Hey, these are Nazis. I know, I was just quoting no, Lethal Weapon. It's <laughs> the only way I can ever hear the words diplomatic yeah? immunity. Yeah. <laughs> diplomatic Were you thinking immunity. the same thing? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so they, they, Operation Paperclip, they got heaps of Nazi people that were really clever guys to come over and work for the United States. And uh, this guy, Werner von Braun, he is often described as the godfather of rocket science. So... The go. godfather of rocket science. Wow. Correct. Mark found it funny. <laughs> Correct. So they're at the top of the, the astronaut. Before the launch, um, the three astronauts went into quarantine. And whilst there, they filled some of their time by taking out a sort of life insurance policy on their life. So they looked into life insurance. Really dangerous job being an astronaut. It's going to cost them $50,000 a year in 1969 money to... Re- so not really worth insuring your life for that. So they knew what they were doing was very dangerous. They could possibly die. Actually, pretty likely they're going to die. So that what they did was they signed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of autographs <gasps> on Smart. these little uh, envelopes. That's amazing. All three of them on the same one. And then what they did was they gave it to their friend who was an astronaut. And on the day that they were going to launch in 1969, he took them to the post office. And they all got stamps with the date. And then he distributed them, their friend, to their three families. Oh. So if they died, that they their families could sell something because they'd be worth Amazing. heaps more because they were the three astronauts that died, right? Oh, my goodness. Uh, spoiler alert, they did not die. Oh. So I've well, well, never well, been I'd, disappointed that somebody I lived. Just wrap it up there. Uh. But still, these envelopes these days can fetch up to $30,000 each. Wow. So there you go. So it was a collector's item after all. It probably is a better collector's item because they didn't die, right? Yeah, but, they were the but afterwards, made they signed thousands of autographs because they were heroes. Totally. For free. So there you go. Wow, that's genius though. That's so, like, it's, that's so clever. So they're sitting at the top of the rocket. They're pretty happy. They've, they're they probably going to die, but their family's going to make a lot of money. They're okay. Amazing. Everyone's going to be okay. D- surely that wasn't in their minds. We're probably going to die, was it? I think they must have thought about it. I Not, mean, they're they going, must have been they're like, trying to go to the moon. It's really, I can't say this enough. It's really dangerous. Yeah, is it though? I mean... They did it. It's not just like flying to Sydney. Like, it's oh, sorry. I, yeah, I keep thinking. It, well, I mean, it's just like flying to Sydney. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like that. There's They're an Sydney. air hostess and she gives you a meal. And it's not the best meal, but it's well, to, fine. Just to put into context where you're at, they are sitting on top of hundreds of millions of litres of fuel. Yeah. And uh, three You'll years earlier. And, <laughs> less, yeah, you and will. less than three years earlier, their mates had died in a fire at the top of that thing, and yeah. there was no fuel on board. So, so imagine- they needed the fuel. Yeah. That's lesson one that I've got out of this so far. Fuel is Always good. have fuel. Always have. No, no, if they had fuel, they would have blown up the half of Florida. Well, look, this on the information you've given me, <laughs> no fuel, big fire, fuel, no fire. I think. No fire and glory. Statistically, yeah. when they had no fuel, 100% of the time they caught fire. <laughs> <laughs> My God. 
<laughs> Never thought about that. Yeah. Too soon, Dave. Too soon. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. If it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, not in a way that's like, oh, my God, it's expanding, like yeah, yeah. More physically. Like it's growing, more customers, yes. more interest. Not like it's going to explode. Yeah, not like it's a building that's like blowing up and yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And I don't think they mean for marriage. You can sell your products on an online store, whether you sell physical or digital products, or you offer services like massage or oh. nails. Oh my gosh. Or uh, consulting. Should we, after this, get Manny Petty? <laughs> Babe, I've already booked us in. <laughs> um, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. You know, what about blogging tools, you might be asking? I like to blog. I love to blog. I like to blog. I like to vlog. Yes. Well, Squarespace has powerful blogging tools to share stories, photos, videos, and updates. You can categorize, you can share, and schedule to make your content work for you. Scheduling is the best. Oh, it looks like Jess has just uploaded something. What it? But it's like 3 a.m. in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the exact time I wanted to do it in New York City, baby. Exactly. Capture that New York market. Yeah. You mentioned vlogging as well. If you're into vlogging, you can organize your video library, showcase your content on beautiful video pages, sell access to your videos with member areas. The possibilities are endless. Now head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. All right. So Apollo 11 launched from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida on July 16th, 1969. At 9.32 a.m. local time, it entered, Earth, specific. it entered Earth orbit. Well, they're super specific about everything. Well, they were, they were two minutes late because it was supposed to be 9.30. Get that on Jetstar, people will bloody Oh, they're going to crack the shits. Yeah. It's because people <laughs> have brought in too much hand luggage. Yeah. 11 kilos, you really think you're going to get that on board? <laughs> get Stow that shit, Neil. <laughs> uh, so it took off 9.32 a.m. And this is how quick it is. It entered Earth orbit just 12 minutes later. So it's so quick. Uh, the Saturn V, the big Faster rockets. Faster than getting to bloody Sydney. Takes yeah. an hour. Cop that just. <laughs> the Saturn V had three stages. This is the big rocket that the Nazi designed. It f- uh, that fell away from the rocket. So eventually each stage gets a little bit smaller and, and it's got these little uh, the rocket engines at the bottom keep getting smaller and smaller until eventually it's just the front of the rocket. How long do you reckon they travelled in space before they hit the moon? I was thinking, well, I said three weeks. I know it's wrong. No. It was two weeks. Sh- Shorter. Isn't it shorter days? It's shorter than two weeks, that's it's, correct. Uh, it's less than a week? It's three days. Oh, I'm, again, remembering it from the dish. <laughs> well, it's just three days. Are you days. claiming less than a week is the right answer? Well, you said three weeks and I said less than a week and the answer was three days, so uh, yeah, I win. Yeah, Dave, right. do go on. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, so they got there July 19th. 
They passed the moon and fired a surface propulsion engine, which made them enter lunar orbit. So now they're going around and around and around the moon. So that's good. Then the next day, on July 20, the lunar module, known as Eagle, that we had before, separated from the command module, and Armstrong and Aldrin were in the Eagle, leaving Collins alone, sort of going around and around. Pick us up in half. Right. See you in a bit. He's like, I'll just look for a part. <laughs> I'll pick you up out the front. See you, there. See you guys. Just text me when you're done. Yeah, I'll just do laps. Unless I see a really good one. Unless I see a really good part, then I'll let you know where I am. Yeah. I'll send you my coordinates. <laughs> GBS this shit. All right, so Collins is alone, probably, I reckon, eating all their supplies. Oh, I'd totally. Be, I'd be hoeing down on Twix. Mm-hmm. Space food, Twix. Yeah, you've just been alone. You've been in a thing with two other dudes for three days and now you've got some alone time. You'd fart. Oh. The first thing you'd do is fart. There'd be so many things I, you'd do. I learned. I actually read this thing and I can't tell if it was true or not, so that's why I wasn't going to put it in, but you've brought it up, that Michael Collins, when he was on the way there, took heaps and heaps of uh, like Imodium anti-diarrhea things to sort of back himself up so he didn't have to shit in space. But it just resulted in him farting over and over and over again inside the control module. Oh. So I was right. You were right. Bonus point for Jess. Thank you. We're doing points now, by the way. It's suddenly become... Matt? It's, it's one nil. And I'm winning. You're on zero. Still catch up. Uh, they wanted to land on a part of the moon called the Sea of Tranquility. Ooh. Sounds, sounds like the perfect spot to yeah. land. It was that or the Desert of Death. So yeah. they thought, oh, nah, which one? Let's go. Both of them look pretty rocky. <laughs> but uh, the Sea of Tranquility, that sounds nice. Mm. Free spar upgrade. <laughs> And uh, as the descent towards the moon below began, Armstrong and Aldrin found they were passing landmarks on the surface four seconds too early. This is how specific these dudes are. Wow. They're like, hang on, that rocks. That's four seconds early. And they reported that they were going to land long and that they thought they were going to land miles west of the tran- Sea of Tranquility. Desert of Death is where they Oh, <laughs> no. So five minutes into the descent, just 1,800 metres which is not very far, above the surface of the moon, the Eagle's navigation and guidance computer distracted the crew with the first of several unexpected program alarms. So it's just going alarm, 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 while they're trying to concentrate on really quite a dangerous thing. Back in Houston, Texas, they had no idea what was going on. They were like, uh... But then this 24-year-old computer program whiz kid... Bill Gates. (laughs) (laughs) Well, his name's Jack Garman... He might have, you know, Garmin, the GPS. Oh. Had nothing to do with it. Oh, disappointing. (laughs) Spelled it differently. But he told the astronauts, hey, guys, I've seen it before. I've written down what to do. What you do is you ignore it and keep going. That was his advice. He's like like the IT guy. Just turn it off and back on again. That was actually what he he, he said. If it doesn't happen again, you're going to be sweet. But then it happened again (gasps) over and over and over again. And uh, in hindsight, what they've worked out is, because this is happening in seconds, so they can't work it out because their computer's a shit ass at the time. Uh, they worked out that what had happened was the computer felt it was being overworked. It couldn't complete all of its tasks. So it was just saying, I'm just going to reboot. Give so me a break. Just, give me a break. So it, just, it was just crashed and reboot. It was over and over again. The alarms were going off. And uh, just a bit of a, a side note here. The lunar module, whilst it was state-of-the-art 1969 computing technology, $24 billion worth, uh, the computer on board only had 65 kilobytes of memory. Which, just to put into context, the newly released iPhone 6S has two gigabytes of memory or RAM, which is equal to two million kilobytes. 
Oh my goodness. So their computer, Buzz Aldrin has described it since as having the same memory as a modern digital watch. That's incredible. And that is what's... Our phones are more powerful. Like Memory-wise, yeah. By a lot. Than thousands of times more powerful. But but sometimes my phone just freezes for no reason and I have to turn it off and back on again. <laughs> and they got to the moon. And imagine it happens in the life or death situation. This is like the time... This is the bit that they haven't done yet. The... Because they've gotten there yeah. and then got, this is the bit, Matt. This is what they've done the dress rehearsal before. And now they're at the bit. And the alarm's going off saying, hey. Hang on. No, no. And they're on the ground, they're this close to saying abort. <gasps> we don't want to risk these guys' life. Because the, the, the thing is, if they get there and they get stuck, no one can rescue them. It's it. Yeah. That's over. They're going to just die there. So Armstrong looked outside. He saw that the computer's landing target was actually going to be in a boulder-strewn area, so okay. there's boulders everywhere, and uh, east, just east of a 300-metre diameter crater. And he was like, oh, I don't trust this computer anymore. He realised it was low on fuel. They only had two minutes before that they were going to completely run out of fuel. So Armstrong, super badass, took it into semi-automatic control, and with Aldrin calling out altitude and velocity data and quietly shitting his pants <laughs> <laughs> on his lap. <laughs> He didn't. Uh, he didn't have the constipation thing. No, he really should have. Because um, I've actually in a post interview that I've read, um, that I saw with Aldrin, he was saying that he didn't want to take over Neil's concentration. Sure. He didn't want to break his. Con- but at the same time, he was trying to use body language to imply, "Hey, Neil, we kind of got to get this thing on the ground," because now uh, the guys back in Texas, they've got a stopwatch that says two minutes left of fuel, and uh, they've decided to go silent to not control uh, to disrupt. Yeah. Neil's memory, but all they're calling out is minute 30, minute 15 of how much fuel is left. Neil lands at 8.17pm with 15 seconds of fuel left. Oh, boy. So it's super close. Oh, wow. He lands it, takes it down, and Armstrong says, Houston Tranquility Base here, the Eagle has landed. And that's actually improvised, calling themselves Tranquility Base. Oh. Did that on the fly, bit of Neil Armstrong magic. Impro. He's good, bit of crowd work. The very, well, we, the, could, we could learn from Neil. From Neil. The very nervous ground control dude replied, Roger Twang, tranquility. He uh, stuffed that up. We copy you on the ground. You got a lot of guys about to turn blue here. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and then everyone That's starts cool. clapping, going, Yeah, we're on the moon. Imagine being in that room. Like, not only imagine being like the three guys in space, how you would. It would you, you'd feel like you hadn't breathed for a very long time. But imagine being in the room on, on Earth. Oh. That'd be amazing. They are, you, I would have felt so Would sick. they be popping champagne at that stage or do they wait? <laughs> I don't know. Well, speaking of champagne, Ooh. Buzz radioed to Earth. He said, this is the LM pilot, Lunar Module pilot. I'd like to th- take this opportunity to ask every person listening in, whoever and wherever, wherever they may be, to pause for a moment and contemplate the events of the past few hours, and give thanks in his or her own way. It's very nice. Oh. See, Aldrin is a very religious man. He's a Presbyterian. And he wanted to mention God, but at the time NASA was still fighting a big lawsuit brought by outspoken and world-famous atheist Madeline Murray O'Hare. Mm-hmm. And she'd, uh, she'd sued and objected to Apollo 8, the crew reading from the book of Genesis in an earlier mission. So NASA was like, hey, Boz, Maybe don't mention mention the G word. <laughs> no, so, God. I, I, I quite like how he said it, though. So he said that... In his or so, her own way. His or her, so it, that's, I think that's very good. It's accessible to everyone. That's yeah. lovely. Then, 
Aldrin took a secret communion on board the module, which he'd smuggled on. Also known as Co-Moon. Yen. <laughs> no, get out. Yes. No. Yes, I wrote that down. Pretty no. good. Pretty good. So what he did, <laughs> sitting in the lunar module, Aldrin, Com- he opened yeah. up a little plastic package with wine and bread inside it. He poured the wine into a chalice from his Presbyterian church and later wrote that in the one-sixth gravity of the moon, the wine slowly curled and gracefully came up oh, the side man. of the cup. That'd be rad. And he, re- so cool. he read himself the scripture, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whosoever abides in me we will bring forth much fruit. <laughs> Apart from me, you can do nothing. And then he drank the wine. So the first thing ever drunk on the moon was wine. Yeah. And I reckon Neil is sitting next door to him going, can I, can I have a bit of that? Yeah. I should have brought a beer. Should have cracked a beer. I'm not really th- as religious as you, but... Yeah. Have a few brewskis. Yeah. On the moonskis. <laughs> on the moonskis. Oh, so moon communion is not fine. Communion was much worse. <laughs> The so, brewskis on the moon skis. The schedule for the mission then called for the astronauts to follow the landing with a five-hour sleep period. And it's like, bullshit. Have a nap. We just landed on the moon. There's no way that we're going to go to bed now. Like, they've got to be... You know when you get to a holiday destination, and even though you're jet-lagged as shit, <laughs> you still want to take a bit of a trip around the hotel, see what's out there. Get straight in the pool. Because you're like, I'm in Beijing. I want to see what Beijing's like. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to have a nap. I can't no. sleep now. But it's like that, but you've travelled like... Half a million miles. Yeah. Which is way further than Beijing. It's it's at least twice as far as Beijing. (laughs) Somewhere that nobody else has ever been. Like heaps of people have been to Beijing. Oh, yeah. Nobody's been to the moon. Well, they have, but they haven't landed on it. Yeah. Well, they have landed. As far as we know. I mean, the... Aliens. There's, like, been such a long history. Do we know that the dinosaurs never did? Good point. (laughs) I don't know. Do we know? (laughs) Oh... Just Imagine. a question. His face is so high and mighty. Right, like, <laughs> Do we, hmm? Did you research that, Dave? Fuck. <laughs> 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 Prove it. Prove they haven't. Okay. So uh, Armstrong and Aldrin, they were like, hey, can we sort of bump up the schedule here? We want to get out there. So once they were ready to go outside, so a couple of hours went past, but NASA was like, all right, we're excited too. You're excited. Everyone's a little excited. Let's get you out there. <laughs> Let's do really, it. Really, even though the t- TV networks would have been like, can we hold it off to prime time? That's what I was super mm. worried. I also thought about that. It's like, hang on, don't they have mil- billion dollar television deals going out? I think so. I do vaguely remember something like that in The Dish, where they're like, they're, they're going, they're going to do it, and everybody's watching in their PJs. Right. Early or late at night? Uh, it probably got... depends on where you are. <laughs> well, I've got the times. I've got the times. But we'll get to that. There's a big bit about the dish and the thing coming up. Get excited, Jess. I know I'm you, so excited. I know you like the dish. Is it a good movie? Should I say yeah, it? Yeah, it's a good movie. It's got Sam it. Neill. I, I like the Working Dog. Working Dog, yeah. It's got Sam Neill. It's got, it's got a lot of good lines it's in it. It's got uh, Putty from Seinfeld. Is Putty in it? Yeah, I think Putty's in it. Does he... Play an American Does he like s- speak real yeah. slow? Oh, I didn't know he was in Seinfeld. But I forgot that guy's name, but I really like him. He's, yeah. great, in, he's great in it too. He's very funny. Great guy. Good old Putty. The mechanic. Uh, so well, they're ready to go outside. Eagle was depressurized. The hatch was opened, and Armstrong made his way down the ladder first. Now, there's been a lot of rumors since that Buzz was supposed to go first, and that Armstrong pulled rank and was like, "I'm the captain. I'm going out." But in reality, it's a really tiny, tiny module, and he was closest to the door, so oh, Buzz couldn't get out. Amazing. Well that played, is, Buzz. Th- that's the reason that Armstrong went first. Sure. Uh, at the bottom of the ladder, Armstrong turned 
and set his left boot on the surface, then spoke that immortal phrase, some of the most famous words in human history, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Do you think he thought about that a lot? Well, there's also been rumours about that. Some people claim that he went down the ladder because he'd been thinking about it a lot and people had given him all these phrases like say something from Shakespeare, say something from the Bible and uh, some people claim that he improvised it mm-hmm. on the way down oh, there. I always assumed it was written for him, but that's, then that's other, cool. Then his brother said that uh, he found it in a diary. Okay. That was his words, so it's one of those things. But what Armstrong has always claimed or did always claim was that he'd said that's one fo- small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind, but um, that it, it had cut out ah. on the transmission on the A. Ah. So mm. it probably makes changes more sense, it a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. Ah. So that's what he was trying to say in his words. But he's listened to it back and said, yeah, I can't hear it either, but I swear I said it. Yeah. Because it, it. Yeah, doesn't, does it make sense as man and mankind in that sense is the same thing, right? <clears throat> If it's not yeah. a man, it's still. Let's I always, I always nice read it say. as a man anyway. Yeah. One yeah, like small I'm just, I'm just man. one man making a little step, but you know, what one a big step we've all taken as a civilization. Good job, everybody. Mankind. And then there's a there's a rumor that he said something after that. Are you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, he no, said, please. "Let's all get fucking wasted. No, Bring the- out the communion. <laughs> <laughs> Boom." <laughs> Brewskis on the moon skis. <laughs> let's, get the, let's get this party started. <laughs> no one's, no one can stop me. I can do whatever I want. I'll do what I want. You know my mum, Buzz, some of that, <laughs> something like that. What did they, what, you tell no, me about I, what you've heard? There was something. Uh, I don't remember the exact words or the name. It was something like he said. Um, he, he. Ma- I don't remember it at all. No, he made a reference to Mister. Let's say Mister Wilson. Oh Wilson? yes, I have come across this. That's made up. It's, yeah, 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 that's disappointing. Oh. So it's obviously there's a that. reference to... Is that um, what, where the song... It was about Mr. Vane. Mr. Vane. The song Call we were singing earlier Mr. today. Vane. It is not Mr. What, um, what's the myth? What's the myth line? That he says... Um, he actually said... Uh, sp- supposedly said, good luck, Mr. Gorski. Gorski. The story yeah. behind that is that when he was a child, he was playing baseball through an open window. Mm-hmm. He heard Mrs. Gorski yell at her husband, oral sex? You want oral sex? When the kid next door walks on the moon? Right, yeah. But it's just a myth. Yeah. So there you go. But it's a cool myth. When the kid that. next door walks on the moon. So and he was like, like, pigs fly. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's and not, that's... It's not quite as snappy as pigs fly. Exactly. When the kid next door, that guy there, Neil Armstrong. <laughs> yeah, that kid playing baseball, he's rubbish at that, but he'll be a great pilot someday. Yeah, yeah it's, very, it's too specific, isn't it? Is, it is, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, right. Uh, but two cameras on the module filmed the event and amazingly broadcast in black and white Armstrong's first steps live around the world. So there's a camera actually mounted on the module. That's how they filmed it. Wow. Uh, because of random skeptics. Probably like an early GoPro, yeah? Well, it was tiny and it had to run on seven watts of power, which the guy that invented it said is equal to one Christmas light. Oh, wow. So it had to be, and it also had to withstand temperatures of plus 250 degrees, that's minus 250 degrees. That's, a that's quite a, a range. Yeah, that's that's a Fahrenheit, range. but that's still quite a oh, range. Far, sorry, Fahrenheit. Still hot. Still really and hot. And cold. It's warm <laughs> and, you know, mild. <laughs> it's mild. We get that on a good day here in Melbourne. Oh, yeah. We get that. Because of rampant scepticism, NASA, even at the time, thought people were going to disbelieve this. So that's why they wanted it to be live. Ah, so they sure. wanted people to watch it live. So it was the video was transmis- transmitted to a tracking Amazing. station 
here in Australia. Yeah. Dish, then back up to a satellite, then back to Earth in Houston, and then around the world. So it has to go a long way. So from the moon to Australia, back up to satellite to Houston, then around the world. And you know they have interviews with celebrities in Hollywood, and there's that that satellite delay. What mm. kind of delay were they getting I don't know. from the moon? Probably. <laughs> Good point. Pro- probably longish. <laughs> It probably was. Are you saying that longish is uh, again the technical term? Yeah. Science. You, you, you keep banging on about live. I don't think so. I don't think I don't. I call bullshit. It. Yeah. Well, an estimated 530 million people watched that delayed bullshit. That is incredible. <laughs> 530, which at the time is 14 percent of the entire population on Earth. Yeah, wow. Amazing. Despite the fact that the first moonwalk took place in the middle of the night in Europe, so in the UK it was 2.56 in the morning, France, Germany, Italy, it was 3.56. It was not broadcast at all in the Eastern Bloc because the USSR were like, whoa, let's not show that. Ooh. Except Romania and Poland got to go. They could see. Cool. It's the fact there. Uh, 20 minutes later, Mr. Buzz Aldrin joined Armstrong on the surface. Why did it take so long? Neil's just sort I of wandering around. I reckon he was like, the bottle of wine. Yeah, no, I reckon Buzz was sitting there going, if there's aliens that are going to eat him, yeah. they'll probably strike within the first 20 minutes. Good call. Nah, good smart. call. That is smart. God, Buzz is good. Buzz is real good. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I, I find that w- those sort of things would have been crazy at the time for a deeply religious guy who all, like... Traditionally, religion was like, you know, God created everything, that sort of stuff. How do you explain that to yourself, the moon and and this huge... Space. Huge space. Uh, Maybe of, it's... Which I like to call... Space. Well, yeah, space, sure, that, that's, that'll do. Um, yeah, it just seems oh, like okay. that, at the time... <laughs> Technical, great. At the time, that would have been like... Uh, would have just... Uh, would have made me ask a lot of questions as I th- a religious guy. I think I it must be... Such an overwhelming thing to see the Earth looking back. Mm. It's got to make you think there's something out there, though, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, you're probably thinking less about it being the center of of the universe. Yeah, it makes your own word for space. Makes your own issues seem a little silly, hey? It does. (laughs) Yeah. Can't drive a manual. Feel like a bit of a goose. Oh well, it's a lot more out there. Yeah. (laughs) Don't know why that's my example. Can't drive a manual. Can't drive a manual. Neither can I. Should I be questioning my life choices? Is that, is that what you're saying? No, yeah. no. Well, because yeah, of question, the moon. Question them briefly, but then realise that they're insignificant. Yeah. Because of the moon. Because <laughs> moon. Yeah. It's, all, it's one of those things. You take it. I reckon you take it two ways. You either go, wow, I, I am so insignificant. I'll do nothing with my life. Who cares? Yeah. Or, wow, I've been to the moon. Let's just do some stuff with you know what I mean. I can yeah, do anything's anything. possible. Yeah, anything's yeah. But we haven't been to the moon and never will. I, I can safely say I'll never be to the, never be to the moon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, you're not passing the test. <laughs> I'll never go. I'll yeah. never be to the moon. <laughs> yeah, that's part of the first NASA test for intelligence. <laughs> what's what's wrong with this sentence? I will never be to the moon, and you're going. Trick question. It's fine. <laughs> Absolutely fine. I have a journalism degree. Do you? Yep. Yeah, well that you've just cheapened that somewhat, I think. I'll never be to the moon. What what university was it? Deacon, so it doesn't really count. Oh. <sighs> Sorry, Deacon. Sorry, Deacon. That's all right. So Neil Armstrong and Buzz, they headed out to explore the moon. This is great. They had to remember not to fully close the door on the landing module behind them. Oh my god. The door was closed to prevent heat escaping from the cabin, but not completely in case 
the cabin somehow repressurized, which would make it difficult for them to get back inside. Oh, imagine. And uh, Aldrin and Armstrong Strong even made a joke about leaving the door open. Aldrin said, Okay, now I want to go back up and partially close the hatch. Long pause. Making sure not to lock it on my way out. Armstrong laughs. A particularly good thought. <laughs> Classic comedy. Comedy. Classic. Comedy. God, on the these moon. two. The moon, they... the moon Comedy Club. They're playing to no one. No one. Except some aliens. Uh, on his way down the ladder, Armstrong had a, uncovered a plaque mounted on the lunar module. Oh, I thought you were going to say on the surface of the moon. <laughs> oh, that would have been a, that would have been a bigger there. story. <laughs> the plaque was already... Hey, there's a plaque here. Probably, <laughs> probably the Dutch. They always beat everyone to yeah. everything. Yeah. Captain Cook's like, yeah, the Dutch nah, get I'm there and they're like, nah, you know what? This is in 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 a bit of in invisible. I am also never yeah. going to be to the moon. That's true. <laughs> I also referred to something as the biscuit before. Yeah. So oh, none yeah. of us are going to be to the Failed. moon. We're not going to be the three. <laughs> We'll stick to What's podcast What's the word I was story? trying to say? Inhabitable. In, <laughs> inhospitable? Inhabitable. No, inhabitable. That's, that's is not that a word. It? <laughs> I don't think it is. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, thankfully, good old Neil, he, he left a plaque there to signify all of humankind. Uh, the Western and Eastern Hemispheres on a, on a map. And it's an inscription from President Nixon. Uh, sorry, the signature of President Nixon at the time. So, Richard Nixon's president, by the way. And uh, it said, Here, man, from the planet Earth, first set put... Oh, God. <laughs> B to the moon. B to the moon. <laughs> Here, man, from the planet Earth, first set foot upon the moon, July 1969. We came in peace for all mankind. That's so the aliens see it and go, oh, yeah. that's okay. Oh, okay, cool. They... Because they left the module there, so the, the plaque right. on, the, on the ladder is still hanging out. Cool. Uh, they also right. So that that foil thing's still up there. Yeah, they left so much shit up there. Wow. They didn't even clean up their own litter. Not at all. They left this bags of urine and stuff up there. Ew. I don't, still there. Oh, they got to pee somewhere, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's a fact: Buzz Aldrin wasn't the first man to step foot on the moon, but uh, first man to piss on the moon. All right. You heard it here first. Uh, they also planted the uh, f- <laughs> <laughs> planted. Well, that could be a thing. Go on, finish <laughs> off the sentence. They also planted the flag of the United States uh. of America. The flag used on this mission had a metal rod to hold it horizontal from the pole, so pretty standard, but the rod did not fully extend properly. The flag was tightly folded and packed during the journey, so the flag ended up with a slightly wavy appearance as if there was a breeze. That's what they tell the conspiracy people that say, yeah. why was it blowing on the moon with no wind? If I was a conspiracy theorist, that would not be enough to make me go, oh, yeah, oh, of course. Oh, my bad. You rolled it up in the thing. Yeah, That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't be enough. But I don't, I'm not, a, in, not on, in this case, I'm a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. So I'm cool with that. Are but gonna... if I was, I'd be like, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, mate. Yeah. Give me All right, mate. All right. Give me some credit. Give me some, give me some give credit. Me give me some credit. Was not born yesterday, <laughs> mate. Um, Armstrong collected samples of the moon. Meanwhile, Buzz copped a lot of flack because on the live broadcast, it looked like that he was just running around like a crazy man, <laughs> doing, doing what he later claimed to be a kangaroo hop. 
Uh, this was actually... So he looks like a crazy guy, but it was actually organised with NASA. His job was to work out what it was like to move around. On wow. The that was his job. But he just looks crazy. Buzz, just run around for a like, bit. Neil's hanging out, like, digging up samples, and Buzz is just doing laps. Just doing, it looks awesome. I'd prefer that job. Yeah. Just bounce around for a bit. Let's just bounce around. Uh, in total, the astronauts... Walked around one kilometre on the surface, but they never strayed more than 60 metres from the lunar module. So they were really close the whole time. Yeah. Uh, because there was no wind on the surface of the moon, the foot imprints they Apart left... Other than Collins. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I guess he wasn't on the surface, so fair enough. Well, go right. on. <laughs> Do go on. Do go on. Uh, the foot imprints that they left are still there. That's pretty cool. Pretty impressive, Matt. Come on. Give give him some credit, Matt. You are being a skeptic about no, this. No, no, I love it. It's all really, really cool. That's pretty I would, cool. I would like to be on the moon someday. Hey, has are you going to get to like post this thing at all? A little bit, a little bit. A little all quick right, wrap-up cool. I will do. Because I'm, I'm curious to know. I have no idea if anyone's been there since, if the Russians ever made it. I've got, the, sort of stuff, got so. the answers for that. Great. Uh, but as well as flags and the module itself, the astronauts left behind... What is called the Apollo Goodwill Messages. So these are. They just left a DVD of Goodwill Hunting. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the Academy Award. Yeah, yeah. uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck won. Yeah. Very good. There you go. Leave that there. Or the MTV (laughs) Award, which is an astronaut, guys. Oh. VMA. You look as smug then as you did with Communion. (laughs) Thank you. I don't think Matt Damon won a video music award. I don't think so, no. no. Uh, There are statements from the leaders. Of 73 countries around the world at the time on a little disc. It's about the size of a US 50 cent piece. Who was the Australian PM at the time? Did he get a Guernsey? He'd, I've, got, I've got his message. Oh. So it was printed on a piece of silicon. The world leaders' messages were photographed and then reduced to one two hundredth of their size. Jeez. So each message is the size of a pinprick. So the Australian message from the then Prime Minister, John Gorton, his message said, Australians are pleased and proud to have played a part in helping to make it possible for the first man from Earth to land on the moon. And what is their part? Signing this little thing? Is that No, our part was parks. Fair enough. I suppose we've done the video part. That's fine. This is a dramatic... A pretty big part. <laughs> a dramatic fulfilment of man's urge to go always a little further, to explore and to know the formerly unknown, to strive, to seek, to find, and to not yield... May the high courage and the technical genius which made this achievement possible be so used in the future that all mankind will live in a universe in which peace, self-expression, and the chance of dangerous adventures are available to all. I like that. It's pretty Aussie. The chance for dangerous adventures. Yeah, I like that. That's nice. Signed, John Gorton, Prime Minister of Australia. His speechwriter was very good. Yeah. Like, I love that because he probably had nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing. He just signed it. Yeah. So then it was time to come back to Earth after just two and a half hours walking on the moon. All right, they were a bit worried time. about how long their, uh, their cooling th- system would work. They weren't sure if, if you go on the moon, would you get really hot, you're close to the sun, all this kind of stuff. Um, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin returned to the Eagle. But whilst moving around in their bulky spacesuits, Buzz Aldrin accidentally snapped off a switch of a circuit, bra- a circuit breaker. They could not take off again without it. They were a bit panicked. But Aldrin improvised by jamming the end of a felt-tip pen <laughs> into the hole where the switch had been broken. He jammed it in. The astronaut's landing module was able to lift off, and they left the moon's surface. Felt-tip pen's like a texter. Oh so they left because he jammed a pen into a hole. Really? Otherwise... They would have been stuck on the moon. Man. I love those, all those tiny little things that have to go right. 
Yeah. Or they just someone else's egg on. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm Whoops. not going to use a felt-tip pen. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah. What else we got? I'm an yeah. astronaut. Uh, so they rejoined wow. Collins aboard Here's Columbia. Here's a bag of urine. Let's <laughs> give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> this is handy. Buzz, did you eat the entire <laughs> communion wafer? What the fuck? <laughs> You're supposed to have a nibble. My God. Yeah. <laughs> ate the whole body of Christ here. Jesus. <laughs> uh, the lunar module's thrust on the way up, it knocked over the American flag that they displayed. <laughs> so subsequent oh, no. um, Apollo missions, so they do go to the moon later oh, on, they God. usually plant the American flag at least 30 metres away from the lunar module to pre- prevent it being knocked over. Did anybody like straighten theirs up? Or did it just like drift off into space? No, it would just been sitting there. I think that they probably... They probably picked it up, right? Pro- Surely. The next people there were, oh, we'll just straighten that up for you. There you go. So they left the moon all orbit. Better. <laughs> all better. All good. Uh, the three men headed back for Earth, and on July 24th, the Columbia splashed down in the Pacific Ocean. They'd been gone for eight days, three hours, 18 minutes, and 35 seconds. So that's how specific NASA is. They'd travelled 953,000 miles, or over 1.5 million kilometres, when they launched the rocket, they'd weighed 100,000 pounds or 45,000 kilos, but what came back was just 10,000 pounds or 4,000 kilos. Wow. So most of it was it never came back. That wow. Nazi bloke had made it so everything was sort of disposable. So clever. Uh, no the one ever talks about the Nazi, the Nazi involvement in this. No, uh, but like Australia takes a big chunk of, like, yeah, no, we had a big part to do with it. The dish, and we're also not Nazis. Yeah. So <laughs> that's two ticks for us. Go Australia. Only one tick go, for him. Aussie, go. Uh, the three men were uh, picked up. They were put in quarantine suits just in case they'd brought back any pathogens. People were a bit worried that they'd bring uh-huh. back disease from the moon. Uh, they had to fill out a customs-like form. No. So funny. Uh, but declaring that they were bringing samples of moon rock and moon dust into the country. I will say that many have speculated that these forms were, in fact, a joke filled out weeks later. Yeah, that does feel like a joke. But yeah. Buzz has tweeted about it and tweeted a photo of it. Classic After Buzz. they were put into quarantine for 18 days, just in case, and uh, the crew were released, they were fettered across the United States, love that word, fettered across the U.S., and around the world as a part of the 40-day Giant Leap Tour. <laughs> Brought the astronauts to 25 foreign countries, and they included visits, visits with prominent leaders, including Queen Elizabeth II. 18 days they just sort of had to sit. Just hang out. The president came. There's a, a f- famous photo of Richard Nixon talking to them through the glass, saying, you've done a great job, but you've got to stay in the box. That's fascinating. But do you think like the hype would settle down in that that's – that's a long no, no, time. No, special features in magazines uh, all over the place. They're on the cover of everything. Apollo 11 commemorative stamps and coins all, all over the planet. All three of them were? I'm not, I'm, I think it would depend on the cover, whether yeah, okay, Michael sure. Collins got to go. I'm imagining, and I don't know if this is bad taste, but when they were finally let out, I'm kind of imagining it like when the Beaconsfield miners got out <laughs> and everybody's just like waiting for like the footage at the at the door. And when they came out, they're like, yeah, and everybody's like, woo! Different circumstances. Yes, they probably had a timer, unlike the Beaconsfield people. Probably it was like 18 days, so the camera crew knows when to come back. Good point. Yeah, yeah. But um, so they were heroes, really famous guys. Now, future trips to the moon. In answer to your question, Matt, five subsequent Apollo missions landed men on the moon. Right. Apollo oh, 13 oh. was supposed to have a go, but that was an emergency. Yeah. Seen in the Tom film. Tom Hanks mm. never quite made it. 
Uh, the last Spoilers. Time, the last time man went to moon was the 1972 mission. So only three years later. And in total, 12 men have walked on the moon. Right. R- Russian people never got there. But we really? have gone for a really long time. And then they, yeah, we they should, lost interest. We should check back in. Was it because it just became very expensive and the, the really people ex- weren't there were supposed anymore. Yeah, there were supposed to be more missions, but it was just getting too expensive. So they just pulled the plug on Apollo in 1972. Though people have since sent satellites up there mm-hmm. and collected data. Well, that's, it feels like now we, we're beyond sending humans places. We just send, like, we send um, robots and shit yeah, to Mars true. and whatever. Isn't that, that's the way to go now, right? Yeah. They can do, like, the best robots can probably do more than what a Though, human can, and you can just have a human controlling them from here. So Neil Armstrong did say that he, th- when he returned, that he thought that people will now go to Mars. That's the next thing. Yeah. So that's what he thought. So um, just to finish it off here, at the time of recording, Buzz Aldrin is alive, age 85. Rocking it on Twitter. Yep, cool Find dude. him on there. And uh, Michael Collins is alive, age 84. Neil Armstrong died in 2012 at age 82. 2012? Yeah, so it feels like I should remember that. I was about to say, why don't I remember you that? You don't remember that? Well, uh, still It would have been big news at the time. Must have yeah, been. But I just don't recall it. Uh, still considered an American hero, and throughout the United States, there are more than a dozen elementary, middle, and high schools named in his honour. That's nice. So there you go. How many of Collins got named after him? Bloody none. Oh, just Collins Street here in Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> it's named after him. Wow. So that's the story of the moon landing. Great topic. Um, well, thank and you kindly. Because well, it's one, one, once again one of those things that I thought I knew a lot about, hmm. but then when I realised I knew nothing about it, I thought I had to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, and I I didn't know most of that. I um, knew heaps again, because of the dish. <laughs> hey, if anyone's interested, go rent the dish from your local blockbuster. I'm going to watch Video that. Easy. That's the next movie I'm going to see. Okay. Yeah. And it's text me your thoughts. Will do. Good. <laughs> I'll tweet them to you. You yeah, and Buzz. Yeah, I'll great. Buzz in. Yeah, so, so good. So that's the moon landing. We'll be back next week with um, Matt's report on the moon landing, a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> with Matt's review of the dish. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be your report. Um, no, you've got me interested in, in some other things, but maybe not the moon. But if a couple of things you talked about today, I'm, I'm thinking about. I've, I've been thinking. Nazis? I've got some ideas. Oh. You know, you know. <laughs> P- piss bags. <laughs> Bags of urine, the history. How a piss bag works. Yeah. Brief history of piss bags. I love it. I love it. Well, I'll be interested. I'll be here. Jess, you'll be here. Oh, I'm always here. Matt, I dare say you'll be here. here. And he'll be going on. Auntie Donna might be in the background making noise. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But uh, thanks for listening in, and we'll uh, check in with you next time. Bye. Laters. I know what I want, and I I want want it now. now. I want you, cause I'm Mr. Vain. Vain, 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 Vain. (laughs) Fuck off, that's Live Aid. That is fucking Live Aid. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. 
Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.